We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. And we'll uh, get right to it. We're live on the line with Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown. Uh, continued focus this morning on the violence in the city of Buffalo. You can add another shooting that happened on Thursday to what we saw over the July 4th weekend. Uh, Mayor, thanks for being with us. Uh, certainly. Not a great weekend um, in the city of Buffalo when you're looking at this violence that happened. Unfortunately, we're seeing an increase in violence in the city of Buffalo and in communities all across the country. And the violence seems to track very closely to the pandemic. We've seen an increase over the last year and a half and the community is fed up with it and people in every section of the community that have seen this increase in violence are saying enough is enough. Now why is that? It's undeniable the connection between uh, COVID and the increase in violence because it's not in talking to whether it's uh, the DA John Flynn who we spoke to earlier this morning, uh, Murray Holman from the Stop the Violence Coalition, Pastor Giles over at the Peacemakers, all of them pointing to the tremendous increase, not just a, a summer spike that we see every year, but really going back uh, to the last year and a half. With COVID, we've seen this increase in violence. What is the correlation between the two? I don't know exactly what the correlation is. Nobody knows. People have been shut inside. People have been fearful of their health. Um, uh, People have had family members die. Uh, People have lost jobs. People are frustrated. Uh, All of those things are contributing factors. But as I said yesterday, there's no excuse for it. There are adults in our community that are shooting at each other for various reasons who don't seem to care about innocent bystanders, children, women, families. It's got to stop. The community is fed up. And we will increase police presence. Uh, We will direct um, uh, an increase in police presence in areas where we have seen an increase in violence. And some of the community programs that our police officers were engaged with 
prior to the pandemic are now all resuming. Mayor, have we seen any proof locally that bail reform would be to blame or to some extent to blame for the uh, rise in shootings? Uh, We have seen a situation, as reported to me by different law enforcement agencies, that people who have uh, been arrested for gun possession, uh, people who have been arrested for robbery, burglary, have gotten out very quickly because of the new bail reform. Now, obviously, uh, some elements of it uh, make sense. Uh, You know, if you stole food from a store because you're hungry, uh, you took a candy bar, you probably shouldn't be sitting in jail. Uh, But for those who are in possession of illegal weapons, for those who have broken into people's homes, cars, uh, who have committed crimes of that nature, uh, they should not be quickly getting out of jail. That seems like... Uh, an easy fix to be able to make that distinction between what is and isn't considered a violent offense or something that presents a danger to the community. And having an illegal weapon would be one of those things, especially with what we're seeing now, that I think most anybody would say presents a danger to the community. Are you going to lend your voice to those um, like the DA and others who have spoken out about that very thing when it comes to the bail reform law? Uh, I have been uh, lending my voice, speaking to the governor's office, the um, assembly speaker's office, the majority leader of the state Senate, state Senate's office, been sharing uh, what we're hearing from uh, law enforcement agencies here locally. So I've definitely been lending my voice. Uh, the challenge is there are some uh, legislators, uh, who are not listening, listening, a lot of responsible legislators, uh, but some who are not listening. Uh, This needs to be changed in Albany. It's got to be very clear that this is state law. Uh, This is state law that did it, uh, that changed uh, how bail is done in New York State. And while there are very uh, responsible office holders that are looking at this question, uh, there are some who are not listening. You mentioned an increase in policing, an increase in police presence in a lot of these communities. The pushback you always hear on this is, well, what about some of the issues that might arise from that? Uh, You're walking the line between safety and what a lot of people said is profiling. How do you do that? Because it seems like we've thrown out a lot of that safety aspect in the interest of eliminating profiling, which in and of itself is not a bad thing, obviously. But there are consequences that are clear to see from that. Uh, Certainly we want to eliminate profiling, uh, but there are bad people out here committing serious crime. There are people with illegal guns who are shooting at each other and they don't care about who's around, uh, the issues that they have with each other and the harm they want to do to each other is more important than human life and other people that are around, that, that can't be tolerated. And people who live in communities where that is happening are saying that they want police, a police response that they want to see more police, that they want police in the neighborhoods. 
They want to say to the people who are selling illegal drugs uh, that have illegal guns that we want those people arrested. We want them out of uh, the neighborhood. And it's unfortunate uh, that some of those with the loudest voices are people that don't live in the areas that are experiencing the most violent crime. That also has to stop. Uh, we have to listen to people who are suffering through crime daily, uh, whose children can't go outside and play, uh, whose mothers and grandmothers can't walk to a, a corner store. Uh, so there is no excuse uh, for the kind of crime and violence that we're seeing. And as mayor of the city of Buffalo, uh, I do not believe in defunding the police. Uh, I do not believe in handcuffing police and stopping them uh, from going after the criminal actors uh, that are uh, shooting people and killing people and maiming people in our community. You know, what you just said, I was thinking of when we were speaking with Murray Holman from the Stop the Violence Coalition, because he was saying that, you know, there needs to be a return of whether it's checkpoints or something like that in communities where this violence is happening uh, just to, you know, kind of set the tone almost to not just prevent violence, but to let people know that uh, there is a police presence in there. And it's it strikes me it's the exact opposite. And it goes to what you just said of what you hear from a lot of people who frankly don't live in the areas that we're talking about, who don't live in an area where gun violence is a big issue, is something that's on your mind when you're walking outside, especially at night. I, how do we get away from that where the people making a lot of these policies are the people who are not worried about, who don't have to really live with the issue? Uh, people who want um, peace and safety and a good quality of life who have been affected by crime and violent crime, they need to speak up. They need to speak loudly. Uh, they need to take issue with the bad policies that some of these um, individuals uh, who are in office and who are running for office are talking about. They need to take issue with this uh, concept of defunding police, of cutting police budgets, of reducing the numbers of police uh, that can respond to criminals who are breaking into homes, breaking into cars, shooting indiscriminately uh, in residential neighborhoods and commercial areas. Uh, people have to speak up. Uh, this is about the future of our communities and, uh, and the future of our children. We cannot be silent and let the loudest voices who are wrong on what they're talking about dominate the day. Mayor, speaking of the uh, reform that's been mentioned during this mayoral uh, campaign, mayoral election uh, by your opponent, uh, how detrimental could some of these reforms named be to the police department? And could it make the situation we see now even worse? Um, my opponent is speaking from a place of uh, having zero experience, having zero qualifications, uh, it's a national playbook that uh, people have fed to her. 
a one-size-fits-all approach uh, does not work. Uh, Taking $7.5 million out of the Buffalo police budget will not make the community safer. Uh, It will make the community less safe. Uh, It will embolden criminals. Uh, We will see crime go up. We will see violence go up. Uh, We will see more shootings. We'll see more homicides. We'll see property values go down. We will see people fleeing neighborhoods. Uh, Her ideas are bad on policing. They're bad on, on public safety. And they are rooted in a place of a complete lack of information, lack of understanding of what's happening in the community. Well, what can you do in the immediate future as mayor to help this situation out? Uh, What are some of the immediate steps that you can take that you plan on taking to make an impact right now? Uh, Well, recently uh, we got a grant from uh, the state, uh, the GIVE grant, uh, to increase police presence, which we have already done. Uh, We've increased uh, police patrol um, across the city. Uh, We've increased police presence in areas that have been hard hit by an increase in violent crime. Uh, Our police officers are getting back out into neighborhoods. Uh, Our command staff uh, will be holding regular meetings out in neighborhoods that have been affected by crime uh, to get uh, to talk to residents, uh, get information from residents, to partner with residents. We're working with law, other law enforcement agencies at the local, state, and federal level. Uh, so we are ramping the public safety response way up. Uh, and members of the community who have been affected by violent crime are saying, good, we want that. We need uh, public safety. Uh, we need plans and programs that will crack down on criminals trying to operate in our communities. You know, on that point, we, we heard of reforms over the last year or so that have been implemented with the Buffalo police. And how have that how has that helped uh, during this or hurt uh, during this surge in violence? Well, all the reforms that we have implemented in the city of Buffalo, and there have been dozens of them, uh, have been with careful thought and planning, uh, listening to the entire community, listening to law enforcement officials, uh, and not responding with a knee-jerk reaction uh, to uh, people who want to speak for the entire community but are not experiencing uh, what some members of the community have to live with day in and day out. So our implementation of the body camera program, we believe, protects the community, protects our police officers, and protects the integrity of the work that our police do. It's a measure of transparency uh, that is very important. Uh, We think uh, training every police officer to be a community police officer, training police officers in de-escalation techniques, Uh, training police officers in uh, spotting biases and uh, eliminating biases are all things that are making policing better in our community, uh, better for uh, residents, 
better for police officers. Uh, but at the same time, um, we don't want to see uh, police taking a hands-off approach. We know that there are dangerous criminal actors. Um, uh, social programs are not the answer for those individuals. Uh, individuals that are hardened criminals uh, that have years, in some cases, uh, decades of committing crime, uh, a strong and intelligent police response uh, needs to be applied to, to those situations. So we have worked to be smart on crime. Uh, we've worked to be tough on crime in the city of Buffalo. And all of the kind of programmatic things that can make a difference in people's lives, we're already doing. We created the Northland Workforce Training Center, a partnership with the state. Hundreds of, several hundred people have already been trained there for jobs in advanced manufacturing. We're spending the most money on youth summer employment in the history of the city of Buffalo. Uh, years ago, uh, I started a returning citizens program uh, to give people who were formerly incarcerated who have returned home uh, the ability to work entry-level jobs in the city of, of Buffalo, in, uh, in city government. That has reduced uh, the recidivism rate. People who are working and gainfully employed, uh, nine times out of ten, do not reoffend and commit crimes in the community. So we are being smart on crime, but it's also critically important that we are tough on crime and we recognize that everyone who is committing crime uh, is not the same. Some people are hardened criminals. They are dangerous criminals. And the response to individuals like that uh, has to be different. And public safety uh, has to uh, be tougher uh, in those circumstances. There is this need, it seems, by a lot of people to put violence into one or two categories or, or put the root cause into one or two categories, and that is it's a gun problem. And then you'll have on the other side saying, no, it's just squarely a people problem. Uh, where does what we're seeing right now fall on that spectrum uh, in your eyes? Well, I, you know, I think it's, it's both. You know, this is not about legal possession of, of weapons. This is um, people who possess weapons illegally, who are using them for illegal purposes, who are using them to harm other people. Uh, so, yes, it's an illegal gun problem, um, and it is a people problem uh, because some of these shooters are very comfortable using weapons against other human beings uh, when they're shooting at each other. Increasingly, uh, we're seeing circumstances uh, where they don't care about who's around. They don't care about innocent children playing in the front of their homes or playing in, in parks. And so it is both. It is an, a, a, a gun problem, and it is a people problem and we as a community need to come together uh we can't 
uh, treat police officers as if they are the enemy uh, because we need good, well-trained, committed police officers. Uh, we can't uh, treat uh, people in the community like everyone is a criminal. Uh, so we have to come together as a community uh, and find solutions to this. Mayor- Working hard. Go on. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Finish. I was going to say, you know, we we are working hard uh, with the community, uh, residents, block clubs, uh, faith-based organizations, members of the clergy, uh, the business community, uh, to create more opportunities for people throughout the community and have people realize that there are so many alternatives to crime and violence. but we also cannot tolerate excuses. There's, there's no excuse uh, for someone coming into a crowded park where people are celebrating the day after the 4th of July out with their, their children and their families and shooting indiscriminately into the crowd. There's just absolutely no excuse for that. It's intolerable. And we can't take an, uh, an attitude or a posture uh, like that is acceptable. To the point that it's illegal guns, uh, what do you think of the governor's uh, announcement yesterday to declare a state of emergency with the governor's past of targeting legal gun ownership? Do you think he has his sights set in the right direction? Well, when you see the number of shootings and mass shootings taking place all across this country that doesn't happen in other um, industrialized countries across the the world. Uh, It's clear that there is some kind of problem that we have to come to terms with uh, in America. Uh, We have more mass shootings, uh, more... Uh, crime in urban areas with illegal guns and and people being shot than just about any uh, industrialized uh, country in the world. And so I think the elements of what the governor has proposed uh, to provide more resources uh, uh, for communities to combat gun violence, uh, to have um, a state Uh, policing agencies partner with local and federal uh, uh, law enforcement. Uh, Those things are all welcome. Those things are all helpful. Uh, Resources are are critical to being able to do the job well. Resources are needed for uh, the tough on crime initiatives, but resources are also needed for the smart on crime initiatives you know, where you're working with youth and young adults and providing them uh, with opportunities uh, so that they can live good lives, so they can get a good education, so that they have job opportunities. So I, uh, I, I applaud the, the, the governor uh, for seeing that this is a crisis situation across the country, uh, but also uh, that the numbers of shootings in communities all across the state, uh, the shootings are up, uh, crime is, is, is up, uh, and people are concerned and they want an end to it.
Uh, Mayor, if you could hold on with us, we do have to take a quick break for the news. Appreciate having you on on this very important issue. This is Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown with myself and Joe Beamer. It's 931. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. We are back here with Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown, who's been joining us, uh, talking, of course, a lot about the issue of gun violence in the city after what was a very violent weekend, a holiday weekend across the city of Buffalo. Uh, you know, I, I keep thinking back to the past year, you know, more so than just the past few days, Mayor, and the impact that. Uh, the shutdowns uh, that COVID has had on this issue and, and on violence. And, and I know a lot of people like to point directly to, you know, uh, some of the reforms that are talked about, maybe changing attitudes toward police. But I, I think about so much and, and my mind immediately goes to, especially in the city, how schools were closed and so many other services were closed for such an extended period of time. When we're talking about schools uh, in the city of Buffalo, closed for a lot longer than other parts of uh, the state and certainly of the country. How much does that play a factor 
into what we're seeing now. The, the fact that uh, for the vast majority, and if we're talking about younger people getting involved in the violence, uh, that that plays a direct role into the amount of times they're spending doing something that they maybe wouldn't have had these programs, had school been going on as scheduled. Well, I think um, schools being closed is a contributing factor because it puts pressure on households. It's, it put pressure on people. It added to the frustration that people are seeing. Uh, but I want to be clear, a lot of these incidents that we're seeing, these are not school-age children. So we have to be very clear about that. Uh, these are not people uh, that would have been in school anyway. Uh, and some of them that might be trending uh, younger uh, were not in-school uh, people. So we are talking in many cases about people who are out of um, uh, high school, not participating in high school anyway, and, and others who are adults. And what we've seen is uh, people who have been involved in shootings then become victims of shootings. We've seen people who are out on parole become victims of shootings or be the targets of, of shootings. So in some instances, uh, many instances, it's people who are uh, believed to be shooters, uh, people who are believed to be criminally involved uh, that are shooting at each other, uh, and they don't care uh, who might get caught in the crossfire. Uh, and the community needs to be aware of that. Uh, oftentimes, these are targeted. Uh, these are targeted shootings. But now what, what we're seeing uh, is it's spilling out more and more into the public uh, where there are innocent bystanders around. And that, that shows a certain level of criminality and depravity uh, that these people just don't care uh, who's around. They don't care if they miss. They don't care who gets, gets hit. And those types of individuals must be taken off the streets of this community. You know, May, this might sound like a redundant question, uh, but we've mentioned how COVID has played factors, how people being uh, stuck at home has played factor. And I'm sorry to use this term, but why do you think so many more people feel comfortable committing these acts? Well, I don't know if it's many more. Uh, you know, statistics show that it is a very small percentage of the population in any community uh, that commits the majority of crime. That's why the police department is targeting resources. Uh, pardon me, let me not say targeting, directing resources uh, to where crime is occurring. Uh, and those who are saying uh, that directing resources is profiling, um, increasing police presence where crime is occurring is, is profiling, they are just wrong. And people that live in those communities that are affected by those behaviors, they want to see a public safety presence. They want improved quality of, of life. And so people from outside those communities stop 
need to stop coming into those communities uh, and uh, talking about uh, profiling um, and and, uh, that kind of thing, where that is not what is at hand. That is not the issue. Uh, The issue is that there are dangerous people uh, committing reckless acts of, of violence, and those people need to be removed from the streets. Uh, it's not a majority of people. It's not a lot of people. It's a small number of, of people uh, committing a large number of crimes. It can't be hard to get people to see it from that side. To you know, when we talked a little bit earlier, and you just mentioned that walking that line between safety and profiling, which of course nobody wants to see profiling, but you know, when we start talking about um, the three-year-old who was shot over the weekend, and we even go back to the Grape Street shooting from over a year ago that saw another toddler be shot, and you're talking about these instances that I would have to imagine when you're having this conversation, there isn't as much of an outcry over checkpoints, over an increased presence as there maybe uh, would have been a couple of years ago uh, when you are seeing this type of violence and you're seeing the innocent bystanders who are involved. I, are you getting that sense that that conversation of increasing a police presence is easier to have because of that or because of the movements we've seen over the last year? Is it maybe tougher to have? Um. There are some people that, that just don't listen, that just don't care. They're locked into an ideology. They're locked into a, a, a mindset. Uh, and they feel that any policing, uh, any cracking down on crime uh, is, is too much. I disagree with those people. Uh, I've been uh, very vociferous in disagreeing with those people, disagreeing with the defund police uh, crowd, uh, you know, which is why in certain uh, circles I am under attack, not just locally, but nationally. Um, But I will never retreat from my responsibility to try to protect this community uh, and to listen to people who are being victimized by crime. Uh, The other day, uh, the police commissioner and I, the two deputy police commissioners, Uh, members of the commissioner's command staff were on Swinburne, uh, where we, um, uh, uh, with the impact team, the mayor's impact team, cut vacant lots and, you know, had a cookout and had food and talked to people. And uh, every resident that came up, they said they want an end to the drug dealing in that area. They want an end to people using illegal guns and firing them off in that area. They want an end to prostitution and John's coming into their neighborhood in that area. So people who are experiencing crime, they have always wanted public safety. They have always wanted an increased public safety presence. It's people that live someplace else that have a different ideology, whose families are not being touched by violence are so comfortable in saying if you respond to people's requests for public safety you're profiling them 
and you're discriminating against them, those people are wrong. This seems to be almost the central theme of the campaign that you're currently in, where it's it is sort of this battle with an idealist view of things. And it's tough to have, right? Because idealism isn't always bad. I mean, ideally, the world would be great, right? At some point, though, there is the realism that that seeps in. And there has to be a blending of that, of realistic, uh, different ways of going about business while striving for that idealism that is out there. I'm wondering if you're kind of looking at this current situation. You did spell it out for us a little bit there, but if you have a similar viewpoint of that, that at some point the intersection of realism and idealism has to come to a head. And, you know, where most of Buffalo is thinking is, I guess, the question you're going to be asking over the next several months. Well, uh, it's a question that I think I already have an answer to. It's a question that I'm hearing uh, loudly and clearly from many members of the community uh, that they want real practical uh, solutions and partnerships that deal with real life situations. They don't want uh, idealism. They don't want uh, cookie cutter approaches. They don't want one size fits all approaches. They don't want Buffalo to be treated like it's some other part of the country where things have happened there that don't happen here. Um, Because something happens, you know, all all the way across the country that's objectionable, we shouldn't be part of that story if we're not part of that story. And people who are experiencing crime uh, in these communities, they want a real get-tough approach. uh, they, they want it shut down. Uh, they want uh, criminal activity not to be able to, to function, period. Uh, they don't want any oxygen uh, for the criminals that are committing all kinds of crimes that are stealing, robbing their quality of life. And when we see a three-year-old precious baby shot, we have to take practical action and we have to apply practical solutions to stopping that and making sure that those kinds of things don't happen again you mentioned you can't compare buffalo to other areas of the country if buffalo doesn't have anything uh, to do with it but it's kind of sounds a lot like uh, and you're echoing some of the sentiment that we see down in new york city eric adams was declared the winner of their Democratic primary in New York City after, well, many days of trying to figure out exactly who won that. But it is a similar message there, and voters there um, kind of uh, agreed with that message, right, that you have to act tough on these specific issues in order to be able to move forward. Um, What have you been noticing as far as similarities between us and downstate, and what do you think of his message and how it might relate to you? Well, I think Eric Adams, who who I know, uh, he was a captain in the New York City Police Department. Uh, He was a New York State senator. Uh, He was um, a borough president. Um, he, 
he believes in um, public safety uh, and believes that uh, there has to be a smart, sound public safety response uh, to crime and violent crime. I, I agree with him. Uh, and we've done that during my, my tenure as, as mayor. Um, and I will continue uh, to do that. I will continue uh, to articulate why that's important to making this community safer and improving the quality of life for all residents of our community, particularly those that are living in some of the lowest income areas of, of our city and seeing uh, the highest violent crime, those folks need relief. And, you know, the idealists, uh, the socialists uh, talk about programs uh, that don't work. We need to talk about things that do work. We need to focus on things that do work. That's what I've uh, worked hard and partnered with others in the community to do. Uh, as mayor, and that's what I'll continue to do. Mayor, speaking of your uh, campaign, I do want to ask you about local Democrat leaders, specifically Sean Ryan, uh, who's come out twice now and has pretty much said, you know, not to run a writing campaign, to move on, to move on. What's your response to people like Senator Sean Ryan? Well, you know, um, I'm not paying attention to what uh, Sean Ryan is saying. What he's saying is irrelevant. Uh, There are two phases of any election, a primary and a general election. Um, A write-in campaign is a lawful option uh, that any citizen that wants to seek office uh, can utilize. Uh, We're literally hearing from thousands of people uh, who support uh, my write-in candidacy, who encourage me to move forward uh, with a right in candidacy, and that level of support is growing every day. Uh, people who want to show their support, uh, people who want to help can go to byronbrown.com. Uh, but literally thousands of people uh, have expressed support, um, are trying to help in, in different ways, and they are living in every single section of our community. And I am very thankful for the overwhelming outpouring of support where people are saying, please fight to save the city. Please fight to continue the progress that we've seen in the the city of Buffalo. Uh, I know that there's more work that needs to be done. I feel like I'm the best equipped to continue the work that uh, we've done together in this community and to make sure that the progress that's rising in Buffalo reaches every single neighborhood and reaches every single household. Mayor Brown, um, talking about the write-in campaign, when you announced that you were going to go ahead with a write-in campaign, you said that you would be open to debating India Walton. As of right now, have any plans been put together for a debate with India Walton? Uh, not, not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure that there will be a number of them. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, that discussion. I'm looking forward to uh, people hearing that discussion. Uh, and being able to uh, look at my uh, record uh, of partnering with others in this community and working hard uh, for the people of Buffalo over years, uh, every single day, 
oftentimes seven days a week uh, and 12, 14 hours a day uh, versus India's record, uh, which many people are saying is uh, one that they have no idea about at best. Do you feel uh, an urgency or a need to show voters that you're not taking them for granted? Um, because that was maybe something during the campaign and the lead up to the primary that could have easily been felt amongst a lot of voters. There wasn't a ton of campaigning on your end um, that you maybe thought the votes would be there and you didn't didn't have to work as hard to spread a message as you did so in the past. Well, you know, I want to be clear that I work hard every single day. I try to lead by example every single day. I never stopped working. I never took a day off uh, in the year and a half that we were in the pandemic, uh, that we were seeing uh, protests for social justice, protests against systemic racism, uh, never stopped going when I could uh, to wakes and funerals of people who have passed away from, from COVID. Uh, you know, was engaged in food drives and uh, distributing uh, personal protective equipment. Um, so I, I'm out every day during the pandemic. Uh, most weeks I was out doing things seven days a week. Um, it was my belief that people would, would see that. And what I'm hearing now from a lot of people is uh, they did see that. Uh, they regret, regret that they didn't vote. It's a low turnout election. A um, uh, little more than 21 percent of eligible Democratic voters came out to vote. November 2nd, in the November 2nd general election, where I'm asking every single city resident and uh, voter uh, for their support and their vote, there are over 155,000 people that are eligible to vote. I am running for the future of this community. I am running to keep progress going. I'm running to keep our neighborhood safe, uh, to keep our taxes low, uh, to create job opportunities for people living in every section of the city, uh, to support business growth, and it's really businesses uh, that uh, create jobs. And so I have been a major supporter of businesses growing and creating employment opportunities in this community. If our city and our region is going to continue to move forward, we need a strong city of Buffalo. Uh, that's what my experience, that is what my leadership uh, represents. We can't afford to go backwards. We can't afford someone who is totally unqualified, totally inexperienced, who has bad ideas uh, that would set our community way back. You know, Mayor, I know there's no good looking in the looking in the past, but you, you mentioned the 21 percent primary turnout vote. Uh, do you think you're to blame for some of that and you could have gotten that turnout up maybe 20 more percent? Listen, the, the, the outcome was definitely not, not what I wanted to see. Uh, and when uh, you are uh, the mayor, when you are the, the, the candidate, uh, the buck stops with me. So I've apologized to the voters. Uh, I've apologized to, to the community. 
uh, for my responsibility and and what happened. Uh, but we have to learn uh, from our experiences. Um, and since uh, primary night, and since my announcement that I was running as a writing candidate, uh, I have been uh, hitting the streets and talking to people every day, all day. I'm not going to stop. Uh, people are asking me not to stop. People are showing me incredible support, so much support. It is humbling. I will not let the people of this community down. Uh, this is a fight for the future of this community. Uh, this is a fight for sound and sensible policies and leadership uh, for this community. Uh, and I will not rest until we win this election on November 2nd. Mayor, we appreciate the time this morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you, um, uh, 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 guys. It's good being with you. Thank you so much. It's Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown who uh, joined us for most of the show today. If you want to, of course, uh, go back and listen. Available in the podcast tab at WBEN.com, wherever you get your podcasts from. Talking uh, primarily about the issue of gun violence uh, plenty in the podcast section at WBEN.com to listen to today with uh, many thoughts from the community on what's going on. And Brian, we'll be right back here tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Should mention, uh, of course, uh, mentioned India Walton a few times. Has been invited on uh, more than well okay. as soon as tomorrow um, if she wants uh, the forum to come on with us here at 9 o'clock on WBEN. And we'll see you, Beamaz and Beamer, back here tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 